welcome to the Heather Tired Podcast. Per usualito, I am your host, Bubba McComb, a.k.a. Swag Daddy Stomp, a.k.a. Fidelity Fenmeyer, a.k.a. Swank Swankington McSwankerlin. Stop. I go by many names, but today I'm joined by the oh-so-talented Mr. Alan Carsonson, a.k.a. Al N, a.k.a. Dead Mouse's favorite local DJ. <laughs> What's up, dude? I'm chilling, man. Yeah, so you guys know right off the bat, it's not even a minute in, and Alan's just texting on his phone. So if this podcast is a 20-minute episode, you understand why. You know how, like, unattentive I am? Do you know that um, you've had this whole time to text? I'm not texting. I was looking at Twitter while you did your Oh, intro. you sick fuck. Not even talking to somebody, just tweeting. You fucking cunk. I can't be That's a new word, a cunk. It's like a cunt cuck. Like a um a cunk? Yeah, you're oh. a cunk, dude. You're not even a cool cuckold. You're like a cunty cuckold. <laughs> so you're a cunk. Okay. Uh per usual, this episode is brought to you by Kova Coffee, the best fucking coffee in the Pacific Northwest. For sure, Pacific Northwest. Um actually I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Best coffee West Coast, factually, possibly America, possibly the world. Bold claim. It uh yeah, it's some bold coffee, my dude. Do you understand what's ha- what happens when you put Kova coffee in your mouth? No. You ever hear my taste buds analogy? No. Yeah, well, every time I take a drink of this coffee, all of my little taste buds, their dicks just explode. Fair. With cum. They're like, That's oh, my fair. God, what are you doing? Oh, my God. Today we're sipping on that Colenso from Ethiopia. It's that real, real, real shit, dude. Don't even ask about it. Just go to kovacoffee.com. Type in the code Hella Tired Podcast for 15% off your first order. It's lit. It's real in the field. It's real deal, holy field. Um, and today, also, my cousin, Luisa Castillo, find her on Facebook. She's offering anyone who listens to the podcast $280 microblading session. That does expire at the end of the year. Uh, she is legitimately one of the best microbladers I've seen, and I'm not just being biased. She gives me nothing to do this for her. I get nothing. I'm not getting microblades for free. I don't need that shit, but... 280 bucks. I probably bucks. need that shit. Dude, she would hook you the fuck up. My parents Two. always make fun of how little eyebrow I have. You have thin eyebrows, yeah. bro. Dude, she, it's not that they're thin. It's just that they're sort of like spaced out, yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. They're not thin. They're, yeah. they're Your hair is like not yeah. It's not it, full. It, 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 there right. we go. Yeah. There we go. So yeah, 280 bucks on the microblading. Um, she also does permanent makeup. A whole bunch of different types of shit, man. She's so talented. So inbox me. I'll drop a link in the description, but uh, make sure you go to Kova Coffee. Hit up my cousin Louisa for some microblading. Do your fucking duty as a as a sleepy squadron member, and I love you, motherfuckers. Sleepy squadron? What's that? That's that's like the that's like if Is you're it like uh, so like every person who has like any sort of following has like kind of a what they call their community, right? Yes. So is that what you call your community? the Hella Tired Podcast community? Is called the Sleepy Squad. Okay, okay, that makes yeah. sense. I totally forgot. Yeah, yeah. For so, some reason, I was thinking this was your old podcast. No, no, not communication okay. breakdown. No, right. sir. So we have the Sleepy Squadron. All right, and then we have uh, uh, one step above is um, the one dollar a month subscribers. I haven't really thought of a good name for that, but I know that second level, the five nine, the four ninety nine a month, they're called Nap Captains. Nap captains. Nap captains. And uh, then a ten ninety nine a month is just, that's a dream lord. You're a dream lord. You are an overruler of your region. Um, you know, you get special privileges. 
um, you can tell me what to say on the podcast at the beginning or ending. So call call like the uh, the one dollar subscribers, like power nappers. Yeah, yeah, like cat nappers. Yeah, or just like a like quick that. thirty minute nap. You know? Yeah, yeah, something. We'll figure it out. Um, but it's it's definitely a tier system. Who and there is a hierarchy. You know what I mean? I, I yeah, so, I'm aware. Yeah, it's, it's with a real it. thing, man. So we're just moving along there. Um, so I immediately I haven't really talked to you about creative stuff in quite a while, but I need an immediate update. So, so my man okay. Alan, hold on. Before just people who don't know Alan, Alan is an extremely talented music producer. I can't even really say DJ specifically anymore because or house producer because he does so much other music. Yeah. Um, me and him are kind of like. Mm. I'm going to be completely honest. I've been completely lazy on the song that we were working on. Yeah. Have not come back over. But that's my fault. Um, so he's extremely talented producing music. Uh, if you need anything, if you need him to score a movie or a video or something like that, hit my man up. And he also is the owner of the table or red table um, company. It's a beglary company, which is fucking sick. It's the first modular beglary that was ever released. He's yeah. got a place in history in that community, and he's been slacking like a motherfucker. Well, so we'll so talk about us. that too. Yeah, so we'll talk about that later. I don't want to talk about Red Table right off the okay, bat. Okay, okay. Um, so music is like such an interesting thing for me because I think that it, I'm sort of at a point in my life where I've lost complete interest in it. That's so weird. Um, yeah, and it's, the weirdest part about it is that I've lost complete interest in it at a time in my life where I couldn't... Uh, I, I'm being given so many different opportunities. Right. So, like, as an example, um, so I, I have, like, my techno side project, which is, like, one of the projects that I care about the most. Okay. Um, but even, it's still a side project. Like, it's not something that I focus 100% of my time in. And then I have, like, my progressive house project that also, like, anything that's, like, melodic, like, anything that really, like, would give you any sort of feeling in terms Warm of mood. Fuzzies. Right. That I have that. That's, like, another side project. Or it, that's, like, my main project, I guess you could say. And then I have <clears throat> kind of, like, a hip-hop other side project. And then I have another side project where I do, um, like... Like people need songs for YouTube videos or they need songs for right. podcasts and stuff like, like that. Like royalty right? free type shit. Right, yeah. Gotcha. So, and the way it kind of works is like I'll get on my computer, I'll get on Ableton and then I'll just start producing something. And once the track's like, I don't know, like halfway done, I'll kind of decide what project that's going to fit into. Right. Okay. okay. So, so you're not even completing the song. You're, you're kind of like putting things into folders and, and yeah, organizing. Right. Okay, so okay. I'm just sort of triaging my tracks into like individual projects and where I feel that they'll fit best. So hold on one second. We're taking a cigarette break, a two second cigarette break. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we got organic cigarette rolled up from uh, nature's medicine. Shout out to animal face. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. So I kind of like, I, I build out all my projects and sort of like, uh, with the idea in mind that I'm going to be dumping them into a, a specific bucket, right? Okay. And I put a different a different amount of effort towards every single one of those buckets. So, um, like, as an example, my techno project is the project I push the most in terms of, like, uh, building a fan base for. And why is that? It's just um, it's because it's easiest to manage for you because you're most familiar with building that? Because it's what people know me by. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. um when I started sort of like making my rounds in the scene and started getting to know a lot of people in high places, um, like, you know me, dude, I dress in all black every day, right? Yup. And gang, gang, gang. I hardly talk and I hardly like, you know, like I'm just a very relaxed kind of person. Yeah. Alan's pretty much me if, if the extrovert 
side of me didn't exist. It's the extra, yeah, <laughs> not even that. If it, it's if the extroverted side of you died, like a horrible death, is yeah. me. Yeah. So um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty good. That, yeah, that's a good way to put it for sure. For sure. So. Uh, when I started making my rounds in the scene, everyone just kind of assumed that I liked techno and then I kind of put it out there that I produced and made techno and that I liked techno. And, um, I, the, the respect started to kind of build because people started, like I started playing smaller shows. I started right. playing like house stuff, like birthday parties for like the homies that are in the scene. Okay. Not yeah, like, yeah. not, I'm not getting fucking booked on Craigslist for a birthday right, party. Right, right. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah, so like somebody in like for Relentless Beats, which is the company that my girlfriend works for, yeah. and I also worked for for a little while. Um, people who work for them would have like birthday parties, and I DJ their shows and That's stuff with cool. like a, a couple other friends right. and stuff like that. And then I started getting booked at clubs, and um, yeah, so like I just started meeting a lot of promoters. I started meeting a lot of like um, club owners and stuff like that, and like people who are like the booking agent for right, those right. clubs. Um, so that's sort of why I kind of focus all my attention on my techno project, even though it's not what I have a passion for. Right. right? And, well, and it doesn't have to necessarily be a passion project. Yeah, no. You know, if you're enjoying yourself, even on a minuscule level, it's worth doing yeah, whatever that is. I think yeah. my techno project is, like is entirely derived off of where I came from in hardcore. Yeah. So I think that it's, I think that I still have sort of a desire to make dark and like mean sounding music. Right, right, right. right. And... A lot of people have a really bad misconception of, like, what techno is. Well, t yeah, techno is kind of like saying um, you're an American. Right. Like, okay, you can be an African-American, you can be yeah. a, a Latin-American, but there's so many genres of, of techno. I mean, techno is a blanket statement. Yeah, so, In, like, you know. over the last five years, that statement has changed a lot. Like, mm -hmm. techno used to encompass all of electronic dance music. Yeah. Now, EDM, a company, like, uh, it, it is what all of electronic dance music is like right. that's just if, if you're on the outside you don't know what edm is like you're just going to assume that techno is edm you're going to assume that everything is edm right, right. so and and even even edm being a more specific genre it's still a such a huge umbrella well edm isn't even a specific genre perception i mean electric dance music is 100% perceptual if you really think about it all music today unless it's acoustic Strictly is electric dance music. Nothing yeah, is raw anymore, right. you know. Yeah, but when you hear EDM, yeah, the first like, thought is techno, 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 techno. Like, yeah, exactly. You know? So, um, like, even if you were to stop and think, like, oh, Childish Gambino, he's fucking he's EDM electronic too. dance music, absolutely. As well. So, um, yeah. So the like the like I said, the kind of way it works is I kind of put all my projects into individual buckets, and then I decide if I want to pursue those projects or not. Whatever. Um, and it's just kind of gotten to the point, dude, where I've been doing this for so long now and you know me and it's like, I don't start something unless I feel that I can be successful in it. I don't like, it, that's just me like period. Like I, I don't just shoot the shit. If I start a project, I've always been very confident that like I will be successful in that project. Right. And it's not like, I, I hope that that's not out of like a vain place in my heart. I think it just has to do with the kind of person that I am. Like well, I, I refuse to allow myself to not devote a hundred percent of my time to a project that I'm passionate right. about. But correct me if I'm wrong though, you are very easily, uh, um, dissuaded when, and I'm the same way too, man, openly, admittedly, when it, things aren't getting to the point where I feel like they should be when I think they should be to that point. Yeah. You, yeah. Your skill mastering the shit you make producing, Completely separately, but mastering 
dude, you can take anybody's music and make yeah. it sound really good. Right. But you aren't like you're not that guy for people right now because somewhere along the line can you admit that you got discouraged because you've put the the effort to reward ratio was so fucking low for so long you just got sick of it or um yeah like okay so put yourself in my shoes for a second and spend five years in your bedroom producing a track for 12 hours okay when you're done with that track you're so fucking stoked on it the only person you have to show is your sister your mom and your dad Okay, now, like I said, do that for five years and do that every single day for five years right. or at least, let's say, eight, I don't know, 70% of the time. If I'm not sleeping, if I'm not at work, if I'm not, like, that was pretty much all I did was sleep and work and still to this day, mm-hmm. really, but I was producing music. Right. So when you spend five years creating something that you're so proud of and have nobody to show, it is a very, very, very detrimental thing to my own mental process. Um, and that's just like... That's just the person I am. But yeah, it, it, well, it's in it. I, just knowing you for so long, and you know, again, I, I would assume you will correct me if I'm wrong, but you do have a, a harder time networking or like genuinely giving a fuck about making sure your music is heard at someone's ears. Like you have your people that you respect their opinions, so yeah. you'll send them a track. You'll right. send them, hey man, review this, give me some feedback. But maybe you didn't put the, not the required well, time, but enough time into getting a, a legit fan base outside of true fans of your music yeah, that you're making. Yeah, for you sure. You know what I okay, mean? Because so your, your skill is there now. Yeah. You don't have to hone your skill really. Right, right. Now it's just about growing the people who hear you every time you put something well, out. Well, okay. So I think that my problem with networking stems from the fact that I'm like still to this day, I, I don't want to say a hateful person, but I'm still yeah. sort of like very skeptical about people. Right, as you should be. Yeah. So it's a healthy th- mindset. Here's my thing is like, as a small artist, as like a bedroom producer, I fucking hate bedroom producers. I don't know why. I just do. Like I, I, I have a really, really big problem. Like people always ask me to collaborate with other artists. I fucking hate other <laughs> artists. For like a, a lot of them, at yeah. least. Um, I don't want to name names, but like off the top of my head, I can probably think of five producers in Arizona that can just go fuck off because their mindset is that they're better than every single producer in the world and they don't want to work with anybody that's smaller than than them, the same size as them, makes a different style of music. Like they all kind of just have this weird mentality. And I think you have to be involved in the scene to see that. And, um, yeah, you, I, I don't yeah. feel that way. Like like you, for instance, you don't really make music often. And But when you hit me up to make music, it's not just because you're my friend that I do it. Right. It's more so just because, like, fuck it. Like, I know you won't really bail on it. I know that you, <laughs> yeah, you're, surprise, you're surprise. not doing it for ego. Like, right, you're, like right, all that right, kind right. of shit, right? I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. And, and, yeah, if I do anything, it's usually because, like, it's either one, to help someone. Yeah. And this podcast doesn't help much of anybody. I mean, like, I have a pretty small following. But, you know, I get, like... uh almost 350 downloads a month so it's yeah. not so bad people are hearing it but i you mean know, at, it, like at this level that's huge though yeah you know? well so i'm saying it's only been a podcast for a few <laughs> months and it feels really cool all the support and stuff yada 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 but i know that it cannot stop here or yeah. this is not like a oh okay cool man um yeah, well this is like a co- smooth saying like i if it was something that i didn't really care about if it was something like you're describing that's maybe that's why you've been able to put it off so comfortably that's not a passion project or something that's not you that it's not you're not in love with it it's hard to be 
happy or looking forward to doing that thing. But I love doing this fucking podcast, dude. Yeah. Like, I've got enough people in my life that are cool and have talent to do this for a fucking hundred episodes and never repeat a guest. Yeah. People are that talented out here. And um, I think a huge, a huge gap in artists rising is for one people definitely don't pay attention to the power of sponsored videos sponsored ads promoted videos yada yada mm-hmm. i'm not talking about buying followers i'm not talking about I know, yeah I know i'm talking about taking your video your craft your something that you are proud of and forcing it on people with the well, same interests so and that's important dude yeah no and i think so too but i also think that a large portion of me losing my passion has to do with my awareness with the state of everything that I I'm going to try to shorten this it's my awareness with everything that's going on in the electronic music scene everything that's going on in the video game scene all anything in the creative scene okay. realistically everyone and their fucking mom wants to be a producer today that's fine everyone though. and their fucking mom wants to be a twitch streamer today that's totally fine yeah, it's totally fine but it, but it causes problems because you've got millions of kids who are producing who don't like they just don't put in the fucking effort and i see this every single day they don't put in the effort to like perfect what they're doing they're mostly focused on getting big so what they're constantly doing is they're marketing themselves and they're never focusing on their craft and right. they still think that they're better than everybody Be- well, else here's, but here's what they're doing right by not mastering their craft they're only appealing to people who enjoy listening to a non-mastered piece of art sure like yeah. so there's some people that can't listen to lo-fi music mm-hmm. that fucking drives their ears crazy there's some people that will only listen to wave or higher or whatever right there's some people out there but those are the people that will take you somewhere that a person that loves your music strictly loves it might not be able to because if you have a fan of your music, right? Let's just say that someone, let's just call him Ben. If Ben is a fucking huge fan of your music, everything you've ever put out has been good to him. Even your early shit that you won't even Mm re-release, he's loved it, right? Right. But now that you've mastered your sound and what you put out sounds professional quality and no one can question that. If you start sponsoring or promoting yourself in that way, it's a pretty much a hands off yeah. way of doing it. Yeah. If there's, it takes one person to hear it with their fucking headphones on scrolling through some shit and be like, God damn, this sounds really good. Hold up real quick. Right. Go to your page. See, you got like 200 and or whatever, a thousand fucking likes on your page. And he's like, yo dude, this guy's a fucking little, little caterpillar bro let's turn this bitch into a butterfly yeah so that's what the sponsorship does it gets you fans of your music whatever but the most important part when you're growing it's being authentic so make sure you're interacting with your fans or whatever but someone who appreciates all the aspects of what you're doing not just the creative aspect the quality and and the attentive to detail and i think one of like you and i were talking about this when we first walked in it was kind of like are you finally realizing that we're not going to be shit one day and it was like yeah because I think I just generally realize now as I got like as of as I'm getting older is that I don't think I I just have the personality traits that it takes in order to promote yourself like that. Because I think personally, like there's like an, other people that come to mind where I think about how they're constantly promoting their stuff and it just seems so desperate. But dude, you know, but, but dude, that's one opinion. That's mm-hmm. your opinion. For and, sure. and you're an artist, right? Yeah. How many times be real, dude. I mean, in Arizona, it's becoming more of a thing, and I'm so happy it is. But how many times do artists lift each other up? Yeah. Not that fucking often, dude. Yeah. But that's the thing. And I'm, I'm going to say you're wrong because that's the beauty <clears throat> of that kind of sponsorship and well, advertisement is you don't have to be a personality anymore to get a fan base. But, w- I mean, what might happen is, you know, a thousand people hear a song. 
500 of them aren't going to give a fuck and they're going to keep scrolling. 200 of them are going to listen to five seconds, decide they don't like it. But the remainder is something else that's all potential. So your face doesn't have to be in the video. Nothing's got to be shit. You can make a very nice, uh, I don't know, like picturesque video of your shit. You know, like you and Jacob Krogman, the thing that you guys did. Yeah. That'd be perfect to just promote his videography and your ability to make music. Yeah, and- I think, okay, so aside from not having the personality traits that it takes, I think that... And you, I don't believe that either. No, I, I uh, well... I think that you just have to, you are very, you're kind of like me, it's just like... Uh, th- where I'm going with my I next point will make sense. I can't give a fuck about you if I don't know you. Right. It's really but hard to unless wh- you show Where I'm going with this next point, I think will click with what you just said. Um, I also feel that I've always been stuck on one dedicated path to get to where I want to get to. Like I I sort of know what that path is. I know where I want to be. I know how I want to get there. And it's just a matter of like catching the right ears. Yeah, dude, that's all it is, man. Yeah. So when when people are like, dude, why don't you just like post this shit all over YouTube or all over like SoundCloud and comment on all this stuff? And it's like, eh, because that's not how the people that I look up to did it. And that is a problem for me. And I think that's a like... Everyone has their own path to success, right? right. But I, I but don't know. I just far, don't see any dignity in that. To, to be that you know? guy in the comments and shit, like, okay, you don't have to take it that far, yeah. right? But people who, you know, um, me and, and me and Merck, we just had this conversation today, how important it is because, okay, me personally, uh, dude, this is not anything I'm embarrassed about at all. If someone that I not even look up to if there's someone that I think is really cool, right? Like Joey Diaz. Okay. Yeah. Responded to one of my tweets, dude. <coughs> and I was like, Oh my fucking God. That's so tight. Yeah. Right. Joey Diaz is a fucking a celebrity, a le- you know, a legit one. I'm not saying I'm a fucking celebrity. You're a celebrity. All right. I'm saying that when the person that you're enjoying, if someone enjoys this podcast and they don't really know me on that level. Right. And they comment on a, on a, fucking post or picture whatever and I say dude thank you so much man like um whatever whatever I don't even fucking know how they're going to receive that yeah. all I know is there's no chance of them thinking I'm a dick for blowing them off or ignoring them cuz yeah. I don't want that like I don't want right me to be perceived that way cuz I'm not that guy but second what if they're that person that like thinks that you're just, you know, well, yeah. he's not going to respond. I just want to show some love. And I say, hey, thank you. And they're like, like You never know who's on the other side. You really right. don't. And so, like, that very, very, very minuscule action can make someone even more of a fan. And yeah. that's why I love podcasts because that's exactly what it does. It allows you to get a little deeper look into the person that you're on the fence about supporting or whatever. Mm-hmm. If someone's listening to the podcast and they like techno, they're going to fucking go to your page after right. this and they're yeah, going to check you out. It's, it's funny that type. you say that because, like, I, I was on Reddit and I commented in like a live stream fails thing um, on the, in the live stream fails subreddit and I don't know how but I guess one of the people on live stream fails went through like my post history and yeah. then found my SoundCloud and commented on it and was like there you go dude I found you on live stream fails out of all places but this is fucking sick and I was like oh cool thanks dude, like, and, and uh, it's fucking that's so cool and yeah, that's just so, off of the one of the times you left a, a true comment that you wanted to interact with it wasn't fake right it was some funny yeah, shit probably well, yeah, yeah yeah and then so, that's you know, you're not out here going like to every fucking, you know, uh, 
you know, they're like, okay, so form. as an example, there's a kid who like comments on every Dead Mouse video that's ever been posted. His name is like Durant Miller or something, <laughs> okay. right? Literally every single one. But and you people know his start, name, dude. Yeah, but people, you know exactly. His name. I don't know his music, but doesn't even matter. You know his yeah. full name, dog. <laughs> he already won. Yeah, of course. And that's, yeah. that's that was his way of doing it, and that's right. cool and all, but I just don't see any dignity in that. Dude, there is, well, there isn't if, if that's your angle, right? But when you're but so when you're chasing something, sometimes dignity can get a little cloudy. Like, okay, mm-hmm. is it is it really? Are you really being so undignified that you are uh, co- like really putting who you are into question? Because check this out: if that guy releases music, yeah, he has you, fans, and you see you know? it, that, he's definitely like a meme. On that's Dead what Mouse I'm videos. saying, dog. Yeah. He can do anything he wants. He can start a fucking candle company, and people are gonna be like, oh shit, right. Devonta, whatever his name, Miller is going to start in a candle company, and he's got, got like a hell of following because he's an annoying ass little dude or whoever. Yeah, so I, I think that's one way you could probably agree with this too. I have an extremely difficult time recognizing my little victories, appreciating them, appreciating. Them. Yeah, because yeah. I, I I recognize them. You know that I'm a because you just recognized it in the like most person. monotone voice ever. Yeah, well, he found my Reddit page and yada, and he was like, "Hey man, love your stuff," and I was like, "Oh, thanks, man." Yeah, but you know, like that's that, so, that was I'd a be joke. So at, hyped, that dude. was a joke at when I worked at Uber. It was like. <sighs> About how I told someone that I was so fucking stoked, and I literally said it in that voice, right? Yeah. Um, so no, I get it. Um, <laughs> Driving for Uber, he was an Uber driver. No, um, shut up for a couple of weeks. Ew. And then he got kissed on the mouth and he quit. Ew. I know, right? That's what I said. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so, what was I going to say? Oh yeah. You so were, I'm, okay. a, I'm an observant person. I can recognize things, right. but. Uh, like for instance, Dead Mouse has my music, and he told me that he really likes it, and I just I don't care, and that's a problem. But I like I'm not I'm not depressed that's anymore. That's your true feelings, not, though. Yeah, and that's okay. It's because okay it's to not, not care. that cool to me. Like, but you okay? But it's okay not to care. But you need to not lose the true message in that, dude. That's what you need to take out of it. Appreciate it or not, or give a fuck or not. Feel like a little gaydy kid doesn't matter. But. Yeah. One of the most renowned, you know, techno producers, EDM producers of all time ever personally let you know, like, hey, I like this. That means something. It doesn't mean that it has to mean the world to you, but that tells you subliminally that your level of production, your level of creativity is noteworthy of the best that's ever been kind of deal. Like, realistically, the only time I've ever been excited about one of my accomplishments was, like, flying out to L.A. to meet with the artist and the artist manager on that label. So I was like, yeah. Um, Dude, that's the coolest artist name ever to exist in the fucking world, dude. Yeah, so, like, that was about the only time that I was ever excited about any of my accomplishments. The rest of it, and the reason is because I'm skeptical. Like, I know that nothing is going to come out of it. You and don't, I'm, though. Well, you just think it's not. Yeah. You got to L.A. from what you did, and right. that should... Are, dude, you started And that was knowing, like four years ago, too, which is crazy. You started knowing nothing, Alan. Yeah, I Making know. shit that was just like... Had nothing to do with mastering. It but I just, put in the time, dude. I know. You know, like I, I really, really... Like I set everything aside. I didn't have any personal... Because, because I remember a conversation we had not that long ago, man, when we... when we, I thought we, we had a really good conversation about... Um, when you were trying, not trying, but when you were making the slight switch to more of like a hip hop um, phase or something like that, you were really having fun making that really yeah. atmospheric shit. Yeah. Dude, just maybe just get back into just turning your computer on and making whatever the fuck you feel like, dude. Yeah. So like that's literally anything. Don't do not 
fucking say, I think I'm gonna make a techno track today. Yeah. I think I'm gonna do this today. Make something with fucking right. six layers maximum. Master the fucking shit out of it. Bank yeah. it, and then come back to it. Yeah, and I do some. I do Have stuff fun. like that sometimes, or like I'll just like dedicate specific sessions to like sound design as an example. Yeah. Um, as long as it's fun. Yeah. That's a problem though, or like music producing is just isn't fun for me right now. So here's here's I have to I have to put this out there. When you've been producing for several years, um, you sort of have like a like a, a baseline standard of quality. Right. And that baseline standard of quality doesn't necessarily come naturally. Yeah. Like I you can develop it. Yeah. Well, at when you're already at that point is what I mean. Okay. Okay. It's kinda hard to explain, but when you're already at that 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 baseline standard of quality, every single track you make isn't going to meet that. So right. <clears throat> when I go like a month, right, where every track I try to produce does not meet that standard of quality for me, it just isn't fun. Okay. Have you tried switching up your building method? Like, okay, let's say that you did do, let's just do percussion, yeah. full per, full percussion, a baseline, a couple of fucking melodies and a pad. And that's yeah. it, right? But m- make that you're fucking the highest quality and that won't take as much time. And then maybe you can come back to it and build on it, but then you're going one instrument, one layer at a time. I don't know. I mean, there's, I mean, there's a lot of things that you can try to just switch it up. Maybe you'll find that there's more fun or you'll unlock some creative doors, man, just switching it up. The really interesting thing about me, and this comes from playing guitar too. I don't know how, but, uh, when I was in the recession, that band back in fucking 2009 or something, <laughs> right, 2008. Right, right, the right. golden age. Yeah. Um, well, no, they, yeah. I had, a, I had a guitar part in one of the tracks that I wrote for them, uh, the guitar track that I wrote, and it was to do a sweep. And everyone always thought sweeping was the hardest fucking thing on earth, yeah, all that kind of it, stuff. it is. It's hard to learn, man. Yeah, it's super hard, I guess. Um, they. That was the most pretentious thing that's ever happened on this podcast just now. Anyway, you'll keep you, going. Yeah, so <laughs> I can be pretentious sometimes. Uh, <laughs> he's got all. He's got um, Asperger's. Guys, don't worry. Um, <laughs> they wanted me to sweep, and I had never sweeped before. But I also stopped playing guitar around the same time because we were all we were doing was hanging out every time I went over there. And then I picked up my guitar one day, and I just like knew how to sweep for some reason. Like I practiced it maybe one or two times before I put, right. the, put the guitar down for like ten minutes. And then when I picked it back up, I was able to do it. And what, I don't know why. What kind of broom were you using, though? What do you mean? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see what you mean. Okay. Hey, guys. Stupid. I'm a comedian now. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, dude. Fuck and that. I, but this is, it's, it's like this really, really weird occurrence that's happened only in music, by the way. But um, I'll just like stop producing for maybe a month or two mm-hmm. and then when I come back I make the best track I've ever made and I think it's yeah. entirely based on the fact that I'm probably just like mentally refreshed yeah. going into that track and that's how skateboarding is too yeah. dude you you try something for so long and, and you get hurt yeah. and you take two weeks off because you kind of have to and you come back and you're fucking shredding because right. you're yeah maybe your yeah, mind exactly. is rested your body is adjusted but the hardest part right now for me and I don't know if this is going to change it's that moving forward um, I can't stop taking those month breaks. Yeah. I, I can't. Yeah. Like, <sighs> I, for some reason, I'll produce one or two tracks and they're the greatest tracks I've ever made and then I bank them and then I have to take another like month and a half off because I just can't make anything as good as those. And okay. I don't, I don't know. And I think that it's probably just that I need to switch styles and try to make something that I enjoy because yeah. when I do make those two tracks after that month or two break, right. um, they're very pigeonholed in one, into one specific bucket, mm-hmm. one specific genre. 
Um, but had, had I like initially approached that situation when I come back from that break with the, the mindset that I'm going to try something new, right. I probably could, right. but I, I don't try often. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of options you can do with those throwaway tracks too, man. Yeah. Um, you can put them online and sell the stems, dude. You yeah. can do a whole bunch of stuff that you know if you don't, if you're not gonna ever put it to use or fucking do you lease it out or something, whatever. Yeah, I've been thinking about like maybe trying to make like sample packs or something yeah. for Spice. Yeah, man, because you can upload that pretty much anywhere and yeah. people can buy them. You know, people can put them for like a donation amount or you can buy it for X amount of dollars. Just, you know, make a little bit of, you have to have a little bit of incentive. So like, um, the people, okay. So uh, this is a perfect segue. The people that have supported the podcast monetarily, I, I don't even fucking understand the people that do that for me, man. Like I, I, I cannot express the gratitude. Like it really is so, it means so fucking much to me, dude. Anybody giving any amount of their money to me in yeah. support of doing this, right? I, I, yeah. Uh-huh. And okay, so first of all, shout out to Cody Salceda. He is the newest nap captain. You're young four ninety nine a month, bro. You're you're the fucking king, king. Welcome to um, the squad. Yeah, welcome to the squadron, bro. For real. Uh, Rebecca Cost from last episode or um, oh, two episodes ago, episodes eleven. Um, fucking wonderful. We had a two part episode yeah, on I mental health. It was really, it was really awesome. Um, and my dude Eric Hula, local legend. Yeah. Um, so thank you guys. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Reasons. Shout out. Uh, but yeah, it just like any any incentive that I didn't have is now 100% throttle because people are literally, and it's again, it's a dollar a month. Yeah. Literally anybody yeah, it's, it's can like do a, it and it will do be nothing it's, to them. It's a super like arbitrary amount right. of money, but and I don't it's even still feel, the coolest thing in the world. It's the coolest thing in the world ever. And an accumulative amount of people do it. And this podcast will become a better thing. Yeah. I promised myself I wouldn't buy the cord I need to make this a video podcast until... I got the support amount of money mm-hmm. to buy it, and I'm it's incent I'm incentivized now. Um, I feel like I owe it to the people that are supporting me to put out. It's and in, it's, so is that maybe what you're missing right now? Like the an support? Incent- no, 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 no. You have the support, yeah. but but you're not letting people know what you're doing, right? So you're not incentivized. The only incentive you have is to enjoy it and to get somewhere. That's I don't know, man, because like I have the incentives in some way, shape, or form through, like, for instance, okay, so there's this group, this, like, Facebook group called Techno Snobs. Okay. And they're the largest, like, techno group in Arizona. Like, if if there's a techno group in Arizona, it's them, right? Like, okay. They, they, that's it, sure. period. Um, so, and they're the ones that usually put on, like, the really, really good techno shows with artists from, like, Europe and all that kind of stuff. And um, uh, they, I, I, ha- I was, like, playing one night, I went to Barsmith, and it's the club that I like to go to the most. It's where I know. Yeah, Barsmith like, is sick. Yeah, it's most of my homies are there. Yeah, yeah. And one night I was, like, sitting there with my girlfriend, and a couple of my friends were DJing that night, and um, the dude who runs the sound there came up to me, and he's like, hey, you're playing tonight. And I was like, what? Who was running the sound? This dude, Ephraim. His name is Ephraim. Mm, okay. Yeah. He's, he's one of my really good friends. Um, Shout out to Ephraim. Yeah. Pretty, pretty cool uh, so, name. We were, I was like sitting there and he just comes up and he's like, you're playing tonight. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, well, uh, the opener is double booked to also be later on in the night. This was like a 12 PM to like one 30 in the morning. Uh, time oh slot. shit. Okay. Yeah. So it was a really good time slot. Right. And, um, Ephraim was also playing before me. 
So I was like, okay, cool. Like I always have my USB on me. So I was like, fuck it. Like I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Keep in mind, like I just barely started playing live like a couple months ago. Like, yeah. I had my buddy at RB teach me how to DJ on, on CDJs because I had never touched them before. It's tight. So it was super sick having the opportunity right. to learn like that. With your own music too. Yeah. And, it, and DJing is the easiest fucking thing on earth when you've been a producer for six years. Like, it, I, like yeah. it is so easy for me. The learning curve well, is not okay, so, so, so but, steep. Yeah, because you understand the phrasing of tracks. Yeah. Well, then DJing, again, all-encompassing. You're talking about, like, transitioning, tempo matching, yeah, all that shit. Yeah, right. I'm not going to sit here and say that, like, scratching scratching. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. When I just want to make sure that disclaimer's out there, because I, yeah. I, I have made right. quite a few friends that are in that business. I just want to make sure. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's I should say it's important for me to um, say that, like, I'm speaking about techno DJing right now. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the, it's like literally the easiest genre it's to DJ. It, it's fucking Look, cake. I've never done it before, but it seems like you could learn it. Yeah. So um, yeah. <laughs> he comes up to me and he's like, you're going to DJ tonight. And I'm like, okay, cool. So uh, there he goes on and he's a part of this uh, group with this other dude named Tycho. And um, I not, think they're called like Super Friends. Not Tycho Tycho, though. No, he's oh like a local. God. His name is like Tycho, but I think he spells it like T-Y-C-O instead. Okay. But he's he also works around like Barsmith and Monarch gotcha. and stuff. Um, they play like 140 BPM like club fucking hip-hop ah, sounding like... I hate that. Like, uh, what is it called? Um, new, no. Like drill shit? Like Future Bass? So are you familiar with, like, San Hollow and shit? <laughs> no. Uh-uh. Uh, um, yeah, anyway, it's like, imagine, like, electronic hip-hop, but it's, like... All, Fast as fuck. No, it's not... F- no, because hip-hop in double time, or in, it like, 140 BPM double time. What, what is... Half, half time. It's anyway. 70. Yeah, okay, so sorry. It's, like, 140 is pretty quick. Yeah. No, but no, but it's not. I'm talking about they're like hip hip hop tracks. Like future bass is like, f- it's like electronic hip hop, but it's entirely based around the beat. It's not like hip hop. There's no rappers involved. Right, right. It's like people singing over like the. I'll show you later. Okay. okay. Anyway, uh, the music is like definitely like techno is fucking dark. It's like heavy and it's fast, or it can be slow, but it's fast and it's just not anything near this genre. Okay. And I was so fucking scared when I heard them finishing up because their tracks, it was like nearly impossible for me to mix out of. And I walked up to him and I was like, yo, like I legitimately think I'm going to kill this crowd if I try to mix out of this right now because there's a shit ton of people. There's like probably like 40 people. On the roof or inside? No, this was downstairs. um, But it was actually packed. Yeah. like, that's a really small space. It is, yeah. I was like, I'm, I'm legitimately going to kill this because, like, you can't transition with that kind of crowd who's getting down to this type of music into fucking techno. <laughs> right. Luckily, given the club that it was at, it was a better place to be. Right. And um, it was it was just cool. Like, I ended up going up anyway. And it was, it was fine. It was, it was fucking, it was a blast. But, what it, like, there were people that kept coming up to, like, my girlfriend and all my friends at RB and right. were like, yo, who is this? Right. And including someone that I had reached out to that I look up to mm-hmm. or did look up to. I had reached out to him probably two weeks before and he pretty much completely fucking blew me off. Mm-hmm. Like completely like just didn't care. Right? right. And he was one of the people that was like, yo, he's asking about who you are. Right. Like he, he like, he's talking about how you just came out of nowhere, yada, yada. And it just made me laugh. Cause I'm like, you dude, you didn't give a fuck when I tried to talk to you. Yeah. No, you know? it, it is like a kind of a good feeling. But you kind of have to also, you have to kind of understand where he's coming from, yeah, man. Like, yeah. how many times he's, have you really checked out people who sent you That dude has been shit? around for, like, fucking 10 years, 20 years. You know, like, he knows. Yeah, but anyway. Yeah, but no, still. No, but good he, feeling, though. Right. Nonetheless. 
I want to touch on what you just said about how much I like check out other people's shit, but I don't want to do that just yet because I was getting to a point of talking about the opportunities that I'm being given. Right. Um, so that group techno snobs, mm-hmm. uh, one of the people who like runs the group, um, his name, I'm not gonna say his name. Uh, he came up to my buddy Joe and he starts talking to Joe and Beatrice, my girlfriend. And he's like, yo, like, who is this? Like, I, I want to talk to him. And he legit, he legit came up on stage while I was playing and like knelt down behind the, the deck and um, like comes up to me, shakes my hand. He's like, yo, I just had to come up and introduce myself to you. Like, this is super sick. Right. I didn't expect to come here tonight and hear such good techno. Like your music selection is incredible. Like the track that you played of yours was incredible. Like all this kind of stuff. And I was like, dude, this is the coolest fucking moment of my life. Fuck yeah, dude. You know, so, and then, but here's the thing. Like he, uh, he runs this group and he hit me up like two nights later and he was like, I want you to come through my studio where like most of the techno snob guys meet up. Okay. And I want you to like come DJ with us. And we also want you to start playing shows for us. Yes. And I was like, cool. And then I ended up blowing them off. Why man? Um, because when I, like he booked me for a show like a few weeks later and I was supposed to open for that show. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, what do you want me to play? And imagine you're in a band that plays hardcore and a club books you and they tell you you can't play hardcore. You have to play alternative rock. And that's sort of the way it felt. Okay. And I, I mean no disrespect, but they wanted me to play like opening techno, like more like tech house kind of shit, which is like... Like happy. Yeah, it's just not cool to shit. me. Like, okay. it, like I want to play dark shit. I want to play fast <laughs> right. shit. Like, I want to play... like that's a, And I know you have to do your rounds. Like, I understand that. I know you have to right. put in the time... DJing the shit that you don't like to DJ in order to get book the bookings that you do want to play. Yep. And I totally get that. But it, like it just my anxiety levels fucked with me when he told me that I couldn't play something that I knew so well. Right. And I didn't have any music for. And you're first really off. new to performing live. Yeah, too, exactly. Still, yeah. yeah. So it, it really fucked with me and I blew him off. And um, he, I ended up seeing him a few weeks later and uh, he like came up to me and said hi to me. And it doesn't seem like there's any hard feelings or anything. Good. Good. And I could definitely probably hit him up and still play shows yeah, if I wanted to. Rekindle it's that just, shit, man. It's just that like my interest, like my whole love interest in techno right now is so lost and like my whole love interest in it because I, I jump back and forth between what I want to do so much. Right. Like my main love was streaming. Right. And like, okay, so like my initial love, what I grew up loving was music and producing when I finally got into it. And then it transitioned into streaming when I lost my interest in music mm-hmm. after I came back from LA. When I came back from LA and had that like sort of disappointing experience, I kind of just stopped producing so much. And, um, then I got into streaming and streaming was going so incredibly well. And still to this day, like people will talk to me about my stream and like ask me when I'm going to like right. pick it back up and stuff. And it was going so incredibly well that like it's so difficult to go back to music having experienced the sort of taste of that life. Dude, you just got to, you have to, and this is something that I don't mean to, I'm sorry to interrupt. I do mean to interrupt, but I'm sorry. No, you're um, good. <clears throat> this is something that me and you absolutely relate on 100%. Right now, I'm I'm having a little bit of control over it for maybe the first time in my life, but dude, we have to discipline ourselves, bro. Yeah. You can stream and make music so easily, but you have to block shit out. Like, yeah. if if it's what you really want to do, and you're only allowing yourself to do it whenever you feel like is convenient and you feel like you have time then you're going to feel like this probably for a lot longer than you'd want to. Yeah. But if you say, like I've said, okay, I have to have one one-hour conversation with someone a week. If I miss that, I am a fucking l- lazy piece of shit, right? Mm-hmm. So if you do like, okay, if there, I'm going to do two hours every Wednesday or whatever the fuck, right, of 
just doing something. Whether you're enjoying it at this moment or not, you're going to enjoy streaming. Yeah, but music, a... that might have to be forced for a little while. Yeah, but that's you, a good point. you got to start doing it because you are really talented. And I hate giving you compliments because you're so fucking big-headed, dude. <laughs> and I love you for it. And you deserve it. You are very talented. Thanks, man. But I, I know how your brain works too, man. Like you like me, get overwhelmed because you want to do too many things and you end up not doing any of them. Yeah. You're like, oh, can't do both. But you can. And you can still be a great well, boyfriend and a fucking full-time job. So that's job. the thing, dude, is you know that I dedicate so much of my being to my passions. Right. And it causes issues in the relationships that I've had in my life, including okay. my friendships, for sure. Because so, you let it consume you, though. Yeah. You haven't so, had discipline. Right. I let. I feel personally that the two fields that I want to excel in um, like I can't give partial effort to, I can't like, it's almost completely unrealistic to think that I can have relationships at all in this current stage of my life when I'm chasing those dreams, because everyone that I've pretty much ever known doesn't, except for maybe you and mm. like the other people involved in the, the music industry and stuff, they just don't understand what it's like to, to uh, like, to have those passions and those dry, like the, the, those, um, those things that just kind of push you forward every single day and all you want to do is focus your time on them. Right. Like they don't understand that. I, I don't know. Y yeah. Well, you know, I, I'm sure, you know, someone can relate, but yeah, I'm going to go and speak from, from this perspective too, is just you, you say that you don't want to do anything partial or like half-assed or whatever. The yeah. Fuck, but or, then I end up not doing it at all. Right. But yeah. what you can do is you can do something 100% part of the time. Mm -hmm. Like you don't have to fucking, if you, the only dedication you've had or the only, I'm sorry, discipline you've had is when you were full fledged into making music every yeah. fucking day you were doing it and it yeah. consumed you and everything else kind of suffered, mm -hmm. but you were having a great time. Your confidence was building something that was a problem usually. And like you have none of that going right now. Not saying you don't, you can't, but you're not doing it. And because... I understand the the want to be like at a pinnacle or at your best, right? Going back into it, and you want to be able to balance everything perfectly right away. Yeah, uh, but just audio engineering little... is like a, it's it's kind of like its own muscle in your brain. You know, like you just I can't expect to be where I was when I come back to it, right. and that's totally acceptable. I still very naturally can hear you know the things that I've trained sure. my ears for the last six sure. years. You know, but um, the the fluidity is not going to yeah, be there, right? right. Uh, and, you know, like it was, yeah. Um, but Dude, if you just, I mean, we can like fucking set up a goddamn uh, schedule for each other, just be making sure you're doing one hour of something. And even, you know, I, I can never say I've never, I have not enjoyed the podcast. Like, I literally cannot do that. Or like the stand up comedy. Those are two things I really am enjoying right now. And that's mm -hmm. why I think I feel like my life is going so well because I'm actually doing things I enjoy, oddly enough. But streaming, I didn't love it. But I felt like I had to, again, I had to do it because I, you know, I had like a few subscribers or whatever, yeah. but but that fell off so easily because I was just like, mm, okay. But when I forced myself to stream when I didn't want to, it usually turned out fun. Streaming is kind of like a really interesting pocket of its own in terms of enjoyment because with music making, like... When you get started, you're so involved in just, like, everything that's going on, everything that you're learning, like, all the new things that you can create, right. all that kind of stuff. With streaming, you start from zero, and you progress through zero. Yeah. And then you keep going, and you keep going, and right. you're 
fucking talking to yourself for like six months alone. Pretty much. Until any of your friends maybe take interest or any <laughs> yeah. of like your, you know, like maybe some random dude finds you yep. on Twitch. Yep. And then it starts to get kind of cool, right? Um, like for me, streaming, uh, like uh, I never really didn't enjoy it until I quit streaming and came back. That's when I stopped okay. enjoying it. When I quit streaming, um, I was around like 20 subs, I think, concurrent subs. Um, that's not followers, obviously, for anyone right. listening. Right. And subs um, is, 20 subs is, I mean, so on Twitch, to subscribe to somebody, it's a minimum of $5 a month. Yeah. And so if you have 20 subscribers, you're essentially making $100 a month, but then Twitch takes their cut, but you still make money off of streaming. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but go on. I had about 20 subs when I quit, and that was after, this was maybe like a week after uh, my Tim the Tapman host. Mm-hmm. And he had hosted me with like 8,000 viewers or something. And I maybe by the end of the stream had like anywhere between 700 to 900 left, I think, that stuck around, which is fucking awesome. You know, like people, as soon as you get hosted, people are like, all right, I'm out. My favorite streamer just stopped streaming. I'm done watching. For the most part, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, I I was literally forced to stop streaming. And if, if for any given moment, if you decide that you are no longer going to pursue that, like if you stop for any more than say a week, like mm-hmm. you're going to start just fucking hemorrhaging yep. viewers. Yep. So I had to quit. And this was back in January, I think during, this was right after my breakup and stuff. And, um, it's a lot of pressure, man. Yeah. Streaming was, is a lot of pressure. Yeah, That's what I was trying to was, get at. Yeah. It, it is be- a lot of pressure. And, when I quit streaming, I was just kind of like, okay, I'll come back to it. It's everything's going to be fine. Right. And I was enjoying it a lot because every time I came on stream, there was, you know, maybe 15 people that came to hang yeah. out with me. And, um, I just never really thought I'd be good at it. Like why the fuck would anybody watch me? Right. Mm-hmm. So I quit and I was like, okay, I'm going to move places. I'm going to try to get a better internet connection. I was literally forced to stop. And that was the shittiest part about it. It's right. not, it wasn't me. I was on a very consistent fucking schedule every day and, um, or at least tried to be. So eventually after like six months when I finally came back, I was right back down to zero. And only this time it's like people already expected that I was going to quit anyway. So they don't even fucking bother coming back. And then you just have to do it all over again. And it just wasn't fun. And you have to exist in that place of making not anywhere near enough to feel like you absolutely have to do it. But then you stay in that zone for a long time time and honestly dude in a stream if you're not streaming minimum of three times a week then you're not having that kind of viewership and well and it's not only it's not only just three times a week but it's you have to stream for more than six hours if you want to do anything with it so like i i love it makes me laugh so much when i see a streamer that's like going live and it's like cool i saw this tweet 30 minutes ago and i just checked your stream and you're already offline like Yep, but they're never so checking adamant in on that about, again. So adamant about the fact that they're going to make it big on Twitch, yeah, and it's dude. like, dude, you have no fucking clue. So, so what I'm going to r- like wrap this whole thing up with, we just talked about the streaming and stuff. Like, dude, that is too much yeah. to try and get back into leisurely and expect the growth or expect the same results. Whereas producing or the beggary company, yeah. very minimal time you'd have to spend on doing anything and still see that progression. Yeah. You just said it. You cannot stream for less than three days a week, less than six hours at a time, and expect growth. And I actually can't stream at all, period, yeah. because my internet at it, the new place is the exact yeah. same issue. So. Exactly. So, I mean, the streaming thing, that if you wanted to incorporate that back in your life, that's a huge fucking Yeah, it's uh, a big undertaking. Like so that is overwhelming to think about, and I understand that. But something like... 
um, giving some creative attention to your beggary company or uh, doing an hour or two hours a week minimum of music and having the very minimal dedication, but you know so much about both already and you don't count on viewership and concurrent subscriptions and yada yada. You can post a a thing on beggary on your uh, red table page and say, hey, fucking hiatus is over, whatever, and you're going to have 100 people saying, shit, dude, when do they drop? Like, It's always kind of been the interesting thing about me is people ask me about my life and I'll tell them like everything that I do and have done and they're like, dude, that's so fucking crazy. Like, you do a lot. And And they're like, what are you doing right now? And you're like, nothing. Well, yeah, and (laughs) and they're always fucking blown away by it. (laughs) But it's mostly just due to the fact that like every week I change what I want to do with the rest of my life because I'll stop and think and be like, you know what? Playing fucking shows and touring for the rest of my life would be so sick and then I'll be like, actually sitting in front of my computer would be so sick. Right. You know, so it's like, well, just I do just, a little bit of all of it right now. Yeah. Do a three-day yeah. tour. You know, fucking stream once in a week if you enjoy it. Yeah. But, like, for sure, man, I mean, uh, anybody can agree. I don't think there's anybody that could ever disagree with this, but if you, you – everybody has an hour or two. At some point during seven-day period, a, a, a revolving seven days, you have – an hour or two to put to something that either you might not enjoy as much as you did at one point in time, but dedicate your time to like a craft that you know that you've built up yeah. or whatever. And then maybe that one hour or two hours a day will become fun again. But yeah. right now, let it be rudimentary, dude. Let that shit be a fucking nuisance. But you did, maybe you just need to rediscover your potential or something. I don't fucking know, but not doing it is not going to do anything. Yeah, of course. I, you know? I literally sit around and just wait for that day where like the mood will kick in and I'll, <laughs> I'll be ready to produce. You, you know? cannot and just, wait around, it bro. It literally never fucking comes. You can't so. do it. I know. And I've learned that the hard way, too. Um, you know, and I can't, you know, like you said, the whole fucking can't lead a horse to water thing, but I'm going to keep up on you, dude. Like I want to see you progress a little bit. Yeah. And if you do anything regarding music, then you are progressing. But the streaming thing, that's not, that's not the way it goes. You, there's requirements to progress. And so maybe just put that on the back burner for now yeah. and just play video games or something. I mean, you, would you have a Xbox or a PS, PS4 or some shit? I'm a PC gamer. I always have been. Well, I know, but like, do you have a console at all? Yeah, I have a PS4. Okay, so me and you can get an online game and just play games with each other for fun or whatever. What, did you like completely give up on computer gaming? No, but oh. you don't have a fucking... You can't play online right now, man. Oh, no, no, no. I can play <laughs> online. It's not that. It's it's literally my connection to the Twitch servers. Oh, okay, okay. So there's like this huge conspiracy going around right now that um, in certain locations in Arizona... Cox limits they're the bogging, amount of dude. Yeah, they're they're they limit the amount of bandwidth that we can stream from and to Twitch. It's not a conspiracy. Yeah. It's, well, it, it is because there's still Cox employees that refuse to believe it. Well, yeah. I literally talked to um one of my you know her her boyfriend. You also know him. Okay. He no, works for Cox. Fuck that. Shout him out right now, dog. <laughs> okay. So uh, Becky Wython and her boyfriend Jake Heathcote. Yep. Um, Jake works for Cox, and I recently hit up Becky, and I was like, Hey, I need to talk to. Uh, or I, I was like, hey, do you have any issues streaming to Twitch? And she was like, no, never. And I was like, okay, well, um, and she was like, yeah, my boyfriend is a Cox um, tech. And I was like, okay, well, maybe you should ask him if like he's heard of any of these issues. And I was like, I think Cox is limiting the amount of bandwidth that we can stream. And he was like, she literally texted me back and said um, that he said that 
Cox would never do that. Text that Cox on, doesn't do that. Text on no shit. Yeah, so I was like, dude, you don't it's know It's like Donald anything. Trump saying, I, w- I would never fake do that. Fake news. Shut it's the fake fuck news. up. <laughs> 50% of the people are going to believe you. 50% of the people are going to think you're yeah. a piece of shit liar. And right. do you know what, dude? Why wouldn't they? Because I don't know. Does anybody know how Cox makes their money other than the subscriptions? Bandwidth usage? Do yeah, they, so that's the thing. Do they have to pay if, for the usage? Uh, they Twitch is cur- Twitch is currently one of the most visited and streamed sites in yeah, the world. of course. And if, if like... A significant amount of your audience is, is headed, like, a, or a significant amount of Cox subscribers are headed towards Twitch bandwidth. Like, what that's doing is limiting the bandwidth for other users in the area. Yeah. So, of course, they're going to fucking limit that, especially with, with net neutrality, you know. The business model makes sense, dude. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. And, again, we don't even, uh, nobody knows unless you, a tech won't know yeah. how Cox, you know, um, has to, they have to pay somebody to be able to do that. So, if they're paying some kind of bandwidth usage, um, if they have to like account for that, fuck yeah, they're going to limit it with Twitch being the one of the most popular things that kids are doing. You can Twitch from every console available in the world now. Yeah. You, I'm surprised <laughs> that you, I'm surprised you can't Twitch from a goddamn PSP or some shit, dude. You know what I mean? So yeah, of course, internet companies are going to bog your shit when you're having fucking in crazy amount of bandwidth coming from your city or coming from your neighborhood like it's just yeah, yeah and it, it, but it sucks you know like it when does. you have such a, a huge passion for something and something that you are so adamant that you will be mm-hmm. consistent at and then you're forced to stop doing it yep and they're like oh and, and, and this Google is or... such a fucking first world problem too like because I, I think about people who are forced out of like relationships of with people that they love or forced out of the fucking country because you know, yeah, but that's their, their problem. Citizenship though. is revoked, and it's like Listen, I'm over here complaining because I can't stream to Twitch. I, I'm not. I'm not saying that that problem's worse because that's not. I'm just saying it's a problem, nonetheless. Yeah. yeah. P- issues, problems, sadness, all perceptual right. by the individual. I mean, dude, it, am I bummed out that I can't make a hundred more dollars a month so I don't have to just fucking worry about everything all the time? Yeah, yeah. it's a problem. But do I understand that right down the street there's a fucking goddamn school of bums at the circle k that have no money that also sucks but yeah. that's not my problem yeah i know and that's why <laughs> i think you and i have always gotten along because we kind of understand each other at that yeah. fundamental level that we just i don't fucking care it, yeah, to like well yeah it's not that yeah well i can't say that i don't care it's kind of like that but it's i do wish that wasn't happening down the street yeah. i do wish that they were their life was better but am i going to make sure that my problems are Backseated because of because of someone else's comparison. Shitty. Yeah, I no. get it. Yeah, I mean, like, I if will, I was homeless, I wouldn't be complaining about an extra hundred bucks. That's my, for goddamn. My sure. sister has always said something funny about me. Every time we go any place in public or anything, um, she'll start laughing, and I'll ask her what's what's up, and she's like, "Well, I don't understand you because you're such a fucking asshole to to like pretty much everybody." But then we go in public, and you're the most polite person in the world, and it's like. It's just kind of the person I am. Yeah. Like when it, to strangers and people I don't know, like I don't really show my true don't self. E- and you I, don't even know an explanation. I'm, yeah, I'm just like polite <laughs> to them and shit. But when I said I didn't care about those homeless people, it's not that. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I fucking like will do anything I can to help those people. I will give them change. No, you won't. Yes, I will. No, you won't. Yes, I will. I literally anything you can. No, you won't. Oh, uh, not anything I can. Sometimes yeah. you'll give them change when you feel like it. No, that's that's fucking bullshit. No, like, it's not. I give you know, bl- I give bums the rest of my blunt, dude. And I've yeah, never no, no. And I do the same thing with, happier than a dollar. I do the same thing with cigarettes too, because <laughs> it's like I don't I don't carry cash. Yeah. But uh, like, if a bum is on the corner of like an exit on the on the freeway, and they'll they'll come up to me and they'll ask me for a dollar up. I'll just be like, hey, man, I don't have a dollar, but I got a cigarette if you want it. I know yeah. you're probably having a rough fucking day. I'll suck and your that dick sucks. real quick. 
I sucked a few bum dicks, dude. Yeah, me too, dude. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's all, I just got love for the homeless, man. Yeah, so I, I, I'll do what I can to help, I guess, yeah. in the moment if I <laughs> yeah. realistically if feel, feel like, like it. If you feel like it, yeah. yeah. That's just how, the, that's the human condition, man. Whenever yeah. it's convenient enough, like some people have a higher threshold. I have a very high threshold. If it's inconvenient for me, Probably not gonna. Yeah. Fuck. If yeah, I'm I too, know. if I'm too far away from the curb from you, and I do have a dollar from you, but you'd have to cut someone off and come to my window and then go back. Sorry, don't want to be inconvenienced. You know, and that is a really shitty thought process, but that's just who I am. I've actually <laughs> like started making a conscious effort to be a better person though lately. Yeah. yeah. Um, like I just voted for the first time because I told myself that I was a piece of shit if I didn't. And it's, and it's stuff like that. Like I will make sure that like my chores are done and everything and right. stop like no longer procrastinating on those ends of my life. Well, then you just stop just procrastinating because, on music then, bitch. Yeah, exactly. I kind of just need to get everything in order, yeah. you know? And, and we'll be more active. I'll be more active with you. I'm not going to be annoying and like, you know, well, what are you yeah, doing today? What are you doing today? What are you doing? But I'm going to make sure, man, you got to put in some kind of time. Um, let's, like just start an hour on Wednesdays and just do that. Tell B, it's just like, listen. On this night, this absolutely needs to be, this is what's happening. Yeah. For two fucking hours, dude, I'll come right back over, whatever the fuck. I don't know, whatever. We live together. Oh, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, I'll come back around, just leave me alone in my room for two hours on Wednesday. We're good. I'm going to do my shit or wherever the fucking. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean, man. I know, I know. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to make sure that we stay productive. I'm, I'm, I'm really making a conscious effort, too, to do the same thing. I can't necessarily say I'm making a conscious effort to be a better person. But I'm better making a conscious effort to be. People are gonna listen to this and actually think that I'm a fucking disgusting person. No, no. I mean, dude, you kind of are pretentious. You kind of are an asshole, but you mean well, and you're Uh, loving, and you're a loving person, mm. dude. Just because you have a strong opinion and you have uh, a pungent confidence does not mean you're a bad person, bro. But I want to know something from you. Sure. Um, I, I, I think that you think that I'm pretentious because of the fact that you know me. No, that's yeah, exactly. So, but on the outside, <laughs> people who don't know me that well probably don't think that. Do you think that they do? Do people? I'm just think, curious. I really don't give a fuck. I'm, but. I know, right? No, but dude, honestly, I've just known you for so long. It's kind of hard for me to like separate myself from it. But I have heard more times than not, like, oh, the guy who always looks pissed off. Yeah. 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 So like, you're not very approachable. Yeah. You don't say much to anybody. Right. When you're talking to someone that you don't know, it does come off as like not pretentious, but like um, dismissive. Yeah. It can. I've seen it happen right in front of me, <laughs> like a hundred times, dude. But I mean, you get such like moment, a fucking blunt end of it because I just do not care to hide yeah. anything from you. And you shouldn't. Yeah. Well, you shouldn't care to hide anything from anyone if it's not going to cause an actual problem. Yeah. Um. Then fine. But <clears throat> the moment you break the barrier with you, the moment that you feel like okay, this guy doesn't suck dick then you become a different person. Yeah. And then becoming... I have such like a weird wall up yeah, between everybody. we all do. I do too. I mean, dude, I, I've... There's been plenty of times where um, I've taken a walk downtown and I've like stopped and high-fived people that want to play Kendama or whatever. And there's been yeah. times where I've taken a walk downtown where like people have literally tried to say, hey, hey, and I just keep fucking walking, dog. Don't fucking talk to me. I don't want to talk to you today. This walk is for me. This ain't for no one else type shit. And I don't feel bad about it, dude. Yeah. Everybody... That's what I'm talking, dude. Everybody wants to feel a certain way, and when they don't feel that way, it like causes a pro like turmoil within themselves, and it's just weird. Like, no, just feel the way you feel, address the feeling, and figure out why the fuck that's happening, yeah. and then you can move on. 
and I understand that it's not as easy said as done, dude. It took me a long time and a lot of psychedelics to master that art. You know what I mean? And I still am not a fucking um, a master at it. None, uh, you know, by the stretch, any stretch of imagination. But it's just like be yourself, one hundred percent, dude. That's all I've ever been, and that's. I mean, I've, I've like diluted myself, you know, whatever. But I've never like faked the funk, really. You yeah. haven't either. Yeah, and I don't think that I'm. I don't think that I'm fake in person. No, you're not. I just like I Dude, don't have much to say until people really get to know me. You know? People will respect that way more than people putting on a fucking face every time they're around each other. Yeah. I don't respect that at all, man. That's I, always I, been one of my biggest complaints about fucking people in the workplace and such is when someone walks past you who you yeah. literally never talk to, and they randomly decide that they want to go, "Hey, how's your day going?" It's like you don't fucking care. But you know what? Maybe they do. That's what I'm... It, well, okay, so... Maybe in that moment, remember like how we talking about in the moment, maybe you'll give a bum a dollar? Yeah, Maybe yeah. in that in moment... In that moment, I randomly start to care about them. your fucking sad ass in the yeah. corner, all fucking slumped down in your chair with your hood on, and they're like, that guy looks really sad. Hey, Alan, how's your day going? I, uh, yeah, I guess the problem <laughs> is, is that when I think about those occurrences in my head, I immediately think about specific occurrences yeah. with specific people that I did not like or specific yeah. people that it pissed replays me off. differently, huh? Yeah. So yep. I think about it and I'm like, why the fuck are you asking me this? Like you literally <laughs> yeah. do not care how I'm doing. Yeah. And if I said I was good, yeah. you would say cool. If I said I was bad, you would say that sucks and walk away. Yep. So it's like dude, eh. that's that's the story of me and Rio's friendship, dude. Who's that? Rio. You met you met Rio before. Um girl with the glasses. Um maybe. Okay, it doesn't matter. So my friend Rio, dude, I saw her at work like walking around for months and she looked like the biggest bitch dude i was like oh i don't want anything to do with her right so then oh yeah we eventually ended up on the same like team or line of business sure and they sat me next to her i'm like oh my fucking god Ended up being one of my best friends. That's dude. the same thing that happened to me with. Yeah. Do you remember Penny? Yep. Yeah. Dude, Penny's so tight, dude. Yeah, so she's so down. Uh, I want to have her I was on this also, fucking podcast. I was also, oh my dude, God. that'd be sick. Oh, that'd be tight. I was also a really, really different person when I started that job. I was really young too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm still pretty young, you know. But YVNG. Um. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, my first day of training, I she walked into the room and I was like, I'm gonna fucking hate this person yep. so much. And then they ended up sitting me next to her, and she ended up becoming the best person I had ever met She's at, so tight, at that dude. place. So um, she was like one of my best friends, and all we did was smoke cigarettes together. She made me laugh like fucking nobody else, dude. Dude. You know, so it was Fuck like... yeah. She's hilarious, man. Yeah, I definitely learned through that. I, I learned so many lessons at that job, man. Just like not... Obviously, as like cliche of a, uh, as a saying as it is, but not judging people by a cover. Yeah. You know, so... Um, well, yeah, I, I feel yeah, I feel like that there's a there's um that you should judge by their cover to a certain extent. Yeah. There's a lot I of guess. ways people present themselves that are like very indicative of things. Yeah, and I sometimes mean, you're wrong, fine. Yeah, but I'm observant and if I notice yeah. that like someone is um, you know, like maybe they say something to someone, I'm like, uh, that mm. sounds like a pretty shitty thing to say. Like I don't want to be your friend. Yeah. You know, like of course I'll make Layers like an assessment of you know, you I'll make go. like a certain assessment of them and then decide if I wanna pursue like a friendship with them or right. whatever, but and judge, yeah, because judgment has such a negative connotation, yeah, um, which is very strange. I mean, judging someone is not a negative thing. It's, yeah, it's, it's based off of what it's the sample that you've gotten from them, no matter how large the size or small the size of sample, and you're making again, like you said, an assessment based off that. 
assessment, judgment, there's really well, not a whole lot of judgment difference. has a negative connotation behind it because I mean, if you think about the fundamental word to judge someone, you are literally making a decision based off of something that they've done or making a decision based off of, well, you're making, you're confirming a perception with, yeah, without knowing, but you're also, um, like, okay. If you think about a judge, a judge is a person you stand before who right. will literally say like, you're guilty, you're not guilty. This is what you're going to serve. This is what you're not going to serve. So on and so forth. So when you say that you're going to judge someone or that you're judgmental, people assume that you're going to be placing them in sort of their own specific buckets of like things that may not be true about them. That's exactly what it yeah, is. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. that's why it has a negative connotation. But so the, I'd rather say that I'm making assessments of people right. when I meet them. But the judge makes the decision based off of the presented evidence. Yeah. The, of the course. presentation. He right. doesn't just read a piece of paper and make it. I mean, you can. I guess it's the verdict is what gives the yeah. word, that word and, a negative And connotation. again, there's a lot of guilty people that are in prison. There's a lot of innocent people that are in prison and sometimes your judgments are wrong. Yeah. But if you don't ever give the person a chance to disprove them, then you're always going to have that, that kind of like predisposed judgment of them. Yeah. But again, like Penny, like Rio, we both had judgments and very well I mean I I think I'm a, a good perception of people mm-hmm. she's never said a, she'd never said a word to me but based off the way she carried herself and like just her face I was like oh she seemed like a bitch yeah. totally wrong and I'm 100% okay with admitting that but based off of what I saw based off the evidence presented sir mm-hmm. I predetermined <clears throat> that that woman is a bitch and I was wrong as hell <laughs> but and I don't know, man. I don't care um, when I'm wrong. I like it when I'm wrong. Yeah, I do too. I also I like really it when I'm do. right. Yeah. I like it when I'm when I do a really negative judgment and I'm so fucking right. And I love I when feel I like can a wizard fucking, dog. I love when I can like destroy somebody oh. with the facts, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if I hear someone like spewing off at the mouth about something that I'm very, very, mm-hmm. very informed on and I like I know that I can destroy them. My most of the time my, I won't. My dick's getting hard right now. Most of the time I, <laughs> I will not say anything. I'll just right. literally sit there and think like you are a piece of shit. It's just the knowledge. But it's like knowing, yep. you know what I mean? But yeah, pro- yep. being, but pe- being proven wrong, more importantly, is, is actually the coolest experience when someone does it in a way that's really respectful to you. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. I'm in a I'm in a situation right now with somebody in my life that I'm not very fond of, who tries to prove me wrong every single time I see him. Okay, and it's the most obnoxious fucking thing. And the only reason that it's happening How is because that you're even your friend at all. No, dude. he's not a friend. Okay, okay, okay. But he's somebody in my life. I just don't okay. want to say where or how. Um, but he tries to prove me wrong every single time I see him, all and right. on things that I'm incredibly knowledgeable on. Right. And it's gotten to the point where I just stopped fucking arguing with him. I'll just be like, okay, cool, you know, take care of it or whatever. Um, but it's fucking so obnoxious, like how disrespectful it is. Mm-hmm. In, like he doesn't even try to get an understanding of where I'm coming from. It's mostly right. just like, no, I, I, I think that I'm right. And it's like, oh bro, you can God. fuck off, dude. Like I <laughs> yeah. hate you. So. Yep. Um, but when someone approaches me and they're like, hey, man, like I, I saw that you were doing this, but like I kind of have a suggestion. Like I've tried this and this seems to be a more in, like efficient route, right? Right. That to me is the coolest fucking thing, especially when you're going to have like yep. an intelligent conversation on that. Yeah. So, and that's yeah. someone who knows how to navigate a person too. Yeah. And like, yeah. you know, if someone said like, hey, man, you fucked this up, fix this. Right. I wouldn't be like, fuck you, bitch. But someone might. Yeah. You know, and if but if someone did do what you just said, that'd feel way better. Right. You know what I mean? And so, yeah. People and I, and took, I would build a relationship with that person and I would start to trust them and their opinion right. on things because they approached me in a way that was very respectful to me right. and to my personality. You know, so it's just 
I, I really, I don't know. I, I can't stand when people decide that they're just going to try to, like, put me in the fucking ground, you know? Especially over a topic that I'm, like, it's my topic. Like, something right. that I know so well. Right. You know what I mean? So, it, it's, it's pretty fun. Yeah. It's pretty fun. It'd be like if someone came up to you and was like, Kendama's not from Japan. It's from China. And it's like... I would just smile. Yeah, would, like, but it would make you so fucking mad, wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh, it's like, yeah. Well, if they were serious, they were like, yeah. "Like this is fact, and you're wrong." It'd be like, "Bro, get the fuck out of my face!" I'd dude. just be like, "Google that shit, dog." Yeah. Do you want to try it, dude? Like, <laughs> I'd be like, "All right, that's fine." Do you want to buy one? Right. Go to Tar. Oh, sad as sweets too, man. Did you see that? What? They're available in Target now. Sweets nationwide, dude. I don't know how I feel about that. Oh, I mean, dude. it's like super cool. It's tight. Because the only cool, ones that the fucking department stores had until now are fucking Duncan those, and yeah, those really gross Komodo, ones. Yeah. you know. And uh, honestly, and I've, I think I've said this once before on the podcast, or maybe not, I don't fucking know, but Kendama is one of those things where it's like, that if that does go mainstream, that's one of the things that I'm, I'd be so happy about. If a whole bunch of pussies that I hate were just playing Kendama because... Yeah. Because here's, here's one thing that I have noticed about Kendama is Kendama, you have to have your ego in check to a certain extent to even play Kendama because you look so fucking dumb right. learning and you look <clears throat> so uncoordinated learning that anyone with some kind of like ego that is going to overpower, you know, what it looks like. They'll never is, get anywhere with it. They'll that. never even enjoy it because yeah. they'll be wor- too worried about X, Y, Z. Dude, I still to this day feel weird about playing Kendama in public. I do too to a certain extent. Like there's yeah. places where I just don't want to because I don't want to be that guy where I'm yeah. just like a big distraction in the fucking Starbucks line or something. But um, yeah, no, I mean, I'm not saying that I'm just going to play it wherever the fuck, but it, there's definitely a lot of like a uh, mental awareness that goes into Kendama in the first place and it can't be clouded that hard by ego and how do I look while I'm trying this so Kendama you know might introduce the fucking might might be the it might be the new ego death dude subliminal ego death it could be because really really cool people are starting to pick it up I really really feel that uh, Kendama is sort of like the next generation of like skateboarders really I think dude I Um, really think that it's gonna it's gonna get to that point Kendama is like Kendama is for all those kids that were fat and too afraid to try any tricks <laughs> and like with the dude holding the camera. Right. You know, the one that sucks at skating. Well, well I, I, I'm fat and I was good at skating and yeah. I love Kendama. I shouldn't have said and fat. And I held the camera. Realistically, but <laughs> those people that were afraid to try tricks, like that's why I got so good at Kendama. Well, I mean, I, I think I got pretty well. Yeah. Pretty it's good, not you know? very physically Yeah, because it wasn't, it was never scary for me, but right. like extreme sports were always fucking terrifying for me for some Absolutely. reason. Absolutely. Because getting hurt sucked, yeah, man. And it, and it never gets better. I tried to pick up a bike again probably three years ago, Yeah, you know, and I went to the skate park and I fucking broke my arm. Oh. And um, I Did broke my arm. three weeks ago? To, uh, three years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, no, I broke... It was when I still worked there, actually. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, I broke my arm, and uh, I broke my arm doing, like, a smith on, like, a four-foot ledge or something. Just on some dumb shit, huh? Yeah, super dumb shit, dude. So... And I didn't even know it was broken until probably three weeks later when okay. I finally was... I, I finally decided to go to the doctor and, and pay a visit and see if there was something wrong with it. Because I could, I, I could still, like, sort of move my hand and stuff, but it was, right. like... 
if I tried to extend my arm or flex it at all, it was the worst pain in the world. Gotcha. And it was like that for six weeks or so. So after a couple of weeks, I, I decided to go get it checked out. But um, yeah, no, like Kendama was never something that I was scared of. Right. It was always something that it was like, if I just put in the time, I can learn it. But with skateboarding and BMX, it was always so terrifying to try a new trick. Yeah, and you have to be out pretty much in front of everybody yeah, eating shit, yeah. looking dumb yeah. all the time. It got to the point where I'd go to the skate park at like 6 a.m. right when they opened yeah. just because I was – like that's when I would go try my new tricks because that right. was – it was so terrifying to try something yeah. and then look like an idiot. It, it's so weird, man, how like the thoughts you have that keep you from doing certain shit. I know, and it sucks. It, it's kind of like the theme of this podcast really. Like our – our literal, not even, I mean, I guess they're fears, like whatever, but um, the things we don't want to be perceived as or the things that we don't want to feel are keeping us from doing the things that we want to do to make us not feel that way. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, it makes yeah. sense to me. And it's just fucking, and I'm no, I'm no exception. I mean, dude, I literally didn't do anything for like nine, ten months. Yeah. Complete creative death. Mm-hmm. Like it was fuck I was the most depressed I've ever been in my life. Well, no, not in my life, but second for yeah. sure. We've been pretty depressed before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've been pretty fucking depressed. Yeah. But um yeah, man. I, I'm just excited that that you know we did this. Um I'm excited to, you know, dedicate myself to another small portion of making sure that you're on top of your shit to even a minuscule amount, because you have too much talent and too much already people who like dig your shit to just like let that fucking oh thanks man go underwater so um we are coming up on an hour and 20 minutes dude dope that's fucking crazy i always we I should feel, do like a part two soon because there's like I, I, this was cool talking about all the creative stuff but there's some like really really dark thoughts in my head that i want to get into oh yeah some really dark shit oh yeah so that's we, like we can trade war stories dude it'd be like the fucking um the like the mind trench episode. So just like to preface it, uh, we won't get into it now, but sure. to, pre- to preface it, every single night, every single day when I go to sleep, the last thought on my head and the only thing I think about until I fall asleep is the literal like passing of time and the ultimate entropy that will occur no matter what. Okay. Time will continue to pass and one day nothing will matter. Yeah. Like we will die, and like I, I'm almost having these um, very visual experiences of what my death is going to look like, okay. and how like short of a time from now that is going to be. Yeah, and, 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 and that is every single day. So yeah. that's something that I want to get into. It should it should comfort you, man. I don't know, dude. It's the scariest thing in the world. Knowing that everything will end, and then very shortly after everything, quote unquote, in this human experience ends that you won't even be remembered, that should be comforting. Because, like, dude, think about it. Only the people that have absolutely made an insane mark on this world have been remembered hundreds of years ago. Yeah. And And even even then, then, do we really even fucking care? Not really. Yeah. I mean, I'm just speaking as some fucking white guy with, again, last episode, no culture, really. But it's just like... That should, I mean, that, that shit comforts me knowing that there's nothing that I can possibly do in this lifetime to prevent me from going on to the next phase or whatever the fuck you believe in is comforting to me. It makes me not worry so much. It's like, oh, the worst thing that could happen is not dying. I don't know, dude. I kind of disagree. 
the worst thing is dying. Dude, just imagine if you were that homeless dude over there and like in your brain right now yeah. and you were homeless and you were like struggling or somehow you got addicted to drugs and like that life you could just couldn't get out of. Like that's worse than death to me. And you know, uh, yeah, just coming. Okay. Yeah. There's I worse agree with things that. to experience. There's worse things to be more scared of is what I was trying to say for me. Um, but dying or the, the unknowing cause no one knows shit. So and that's the beauty of it all is like everyone can think that they know the path to whatever the fuck, but no one knows anything. Yeah. So it's just comforting that there's like, I mean, there's, there's not some definitive answer. There's not someone yeah, who has the there, answer. There's two sides to it for me. There is, and I think these are exactly what's causing the, these thoughts in me every single day. Mm-hmm. It's first off the thought that I will die without having accomplished anything I set out to do. So, but you have already. Uh, yeah, along the way, sure. But, but you have my, new goals now. Yeah. So if I, and that's that's another thing I'm scared of too. Is like if I, even if I set new goals and I accomplish those, will I still feel the same way? Probably. Yeah. Well, so, you should. Am I you going to be? You should always want to keep progressing. Am I going? What I'm, what I'm like working towards is being okay with what I've accomplished the day I die, and that is so fucking scary because all it does is make me think about the fact that like one day that's going to happen, mm-hmm. and I'll literally sit in, I'll literally sit on in bed or in, on the couch. I like to sleep on the couch a lot, um, and I'll just like close my eyes, and I'll envision the feeling of what it's going to be like when I die, and it. It becomes like this weird visual experience to where I will almost completely forget about my surroundings, completely forget about everything. And it's all like I'll, I'll fall into this sort of dream state and then I'm just immediately woken up in shock as soon as I die in my sort of dream or whatever. Right. As soon as like it go, like and it's the weirdest thing because I have this this crazy vision of like my entire life. And what I've accomplished and what I – and I have these um, premonitions of what I'm going to accomplish one day, I guess you could say. They're kind of like, you know, future tellings or something. The, I mean, like what I envision I want. And um, it's all this in, like this incredible experience and then all of a sudden I get like this flash of white and then everything just goes black. And I imagine what that darkness feels like. Okay. I imagine what it's like to be engulfed by that darkness, a darkness that you cannot escape and a darkness that, that – that has no existence. Like you were just gone. Right. You know what I mean? Like you, you, um, people say that dying is like, uh, being like, like before you were born, mm-hmm. you don't remember what it was like before you were born. Right. And to me, I don't think that's a comforting thought. I think that's actually scarier. I think that the, like the possibility of there being a heaven and hell is kind of a, a more calming thought to me. And I think, I mean, obviously it's a more calming thought to everybody. Otherwise religion wouldn't, wouldn't exist. Dude, but no, that thought is what drives people out of their fucking minds. And that would, that, that literally follows some things to a T in fear of that yeah, of existing, the hell. factually existing in their mind. Right. That's yeah. what I'm saying is the people that get scared of the, un, of the truly unknown, that doesn't make sense to me. And I just, that's just how I've been for a very, 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 very long time. Dude, but, but that's the kind of person I am, bro. I can't even, I can't even get in my car and drive to a neighborhood I don't know because I'm like anxious about it because well, I'm yeah, like, that's fine. I've never been there. I don't know if this way is a fucking one way, like all this kind Dude, of stuff. That's like, totally fine. I mean, on a, on a superficial level like that, I get the same way. Like, yeah. That's totally fine. I'm talking about like people so worried about living this life a certain way to make sure that they get somewhere that they're not certain of. And in their heart of hearts, then it's, it's, it's real. And that I'm not discounting any feeling anyone ever has because I've had an experience personally that solidified life after death for me, just as strong as any person who had a, uh, 
you know, an encounter with God per se or whatever. So you do believe in life after death? Yeah, but I don't believe that I know that it's for sure. I don't uh-huh. believe that I know that it is it is what I thought or what I saw or envisioned right. or whatever. Right. Just like how you feel, the way you feel when you lay down and like when it goes black, you feel like that's the, the initial feeling of death. You don't know that. Yeah, of course. It's right. sca- that's scary. Right. But that's the thing. What you're experiencing is scary. Yeah. But the what's following or what happens after this or how or when we go, um, we don't have control over. And we don't have any room to say that something happens factually. When you die, it feels like this. When you die, you go here. When you die, you see this. Because, you know, I mean, you, you die. Yeah. But everyone has their own experiences, which birth beliefs. And some people b- want to think that their beliefs are facts and that's where things get a little twisted and frustrating but um, yeah i wasn't i was not at all scared to, to oh, sorry, yeah. no i was not at all scared to die when i when i like full-heartedly believed in god yeah now that i'm 24 years old my beliefs are different right. I, i'm not I, I i am not an atheist i'm not agnostic i'm also not christian i'm not mm-hmm. like i don't really identify by any sort of belief or, or you know thought of belief um it, like deep down in my heart, I like can't escape the feeling that God exists because of the fact I think personally because I grew up with it. Yeah. So like my entire life, my mom talked about like the second coming of Christ. She, she talked about like all that kind of shit, you right, know, anything right. religious. So it's a really difficult thought for me to shake. But then also logic starts to play and, and science starts to play in my mind. And it's kind of like, well, I don't. No, if I believe that. Yeah. Well, you know? science doesn't disprove religion either. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. That's that's the main, right. you know, that's, so that's I, the last line of defense. I, what I was saying is I'm not afraid. I wasn't afraid to die when I believed in God because I believed in a heaven. But now that I am sort of 50-50 also believe in this fucking eternal darkness, that scares the shit out of okay. me. Just like completely losing all um, evidence of like your own personal existence, losing all you need like, to your perception, all that kind of stuff. I, I want to try DMT really bad because I, I, I really want to get an understanding of, of this experience that people talk about when they say that they sort of get to know what it's like to become one with the universe. The, yeah, the, um, that's a really good idea. But, and, in, and in my personal opinion, um, despite what anyone has to say, I think DMT is probably the safest psychedelic you can do because it is it has the absolute maximum time of like 12 minutes. Yeah. Um, you are essentially like kind of unconscious while you're experiencing it. And as long as you do it in a comfortable space, it's done and over with and it'll change your fucking life, dude. But it's also fucking terrifying to jump in with the thoughts that I have. Right. But then... So, because people talk about bad trips and they talk about like what you, like sort of what you feel and what you're thinking about is what you're going to put out into your experience, right? It's when you resist. But that's the thing is I think that given the thoughts that I'm having, I'll start to sort of experience this trip, right? Where I think that I'm dying or I think that I'm experiencing like this new... Uh, dimension of reality mm. and I will resist it because I think that I'm about to experience that eternal yeah. darkness but and that's what I'm afraid of I'm but afraid here's of the cool thing though with that you can't resist it yeah with everything else all the other psychedelic families to some degree like you can resist it you can really keep your mind out of a certain area yeah um, but with that there's no resist the only time that if you resist the what your experience will be Bad, and you might not take as much as you could have out of it, but you cannot resist that experience. That's why I think it's safe because it's not like a, 
oh, I took two tabs of acid my first time. I'm tripping way too hard. I'm going to call my the ambulance. And dude, you have 10, 12 hours ahead of you where you have to deal with that shit. But that is a 10. I'm not advocating it necessarily. It's a, the most highly illegal substance in the world. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Yeah, no, just a If cool you were going to do a, one of them and you really want to try and see what's really good, you really want to try and like unlock your spirit or whatever the fuck you want to call it. That is a 10-minute ticket to <laughs> fucking something that you can't explain, really. Yeah. And it, that's exactly what... Have you, have you done it? One time, man. Yeah. Admittedly. And I did it because um, I did my research. The person that um, hosted it for me uh, was extremely knowledgeable. And um, I was just like that po- at that point in my life where I was realizing that a lot of what I was told about um, psychedelics and a lot of like the world and in general um, was just wrong. A lot of propaganda type stuff, you know. Sure. So I was really safe. You know, I, I, like I did. I did my research, whatever, whatever. Um, and dude, I did it one time. It was a full 100% confirmed experience. And I don't need to do it ever again. Yeah. I, it's not that I, it was, it scared me. It's not that anything other than I, and this is like me, like, I don't even like talking about it because it does, it does sound a little hippie-ish and crazy or whatever, but. It sounds unrealistic to someone who like can it, never take themselves out yeah, of natural and, and I'm not going to go into detail, but here's what it truly did for me, man. And this is as true as I could ever be. Whatever spiritual experience I needed in my life to change me to really um solidify this belief that it doesn't just stop after this that our consciousness is not connected to our host yeah is that experience dude i mean it it really it's all it gave me is a sense of this like okay this is how and again this is an unpopular opinion and i'm not again putting down anything but this is how religion starts right here. So is your theory on the afterlife based on your, your DMT trip or is it based it's on not your a theory. On, or is it based on faith in, in a Jesus Christ all Oh, it's like for God sure creator. has nothing to do with any form of Jesus Christ. Okay. Of, okay. So or, that makes sense. or any kind so of your DMT like trip helped you sort of unlock the idea of an afterlife yeah. that doesn't involve religion. Absolutely not. Okay. Now the People say that, you know, they felt people, people have, you know, really high experiences, um, meditating. You can unlock these certain, like it's, you can do a lot sober, man. You can reach a certain height of consciousness sober. I've never done it because you have to dedicate yourself to this to people have described that they feel like quote unquote, and this is a religious thing that I'm quoting here, God's love pouring into them. Yeah. Like everything that is love pouring into them right? right and i was like oh that's a fuck okay mm-hmm. right and i have a trip report i typed it i'll never share it i'll share it with you but this is not a public thing like i don't this is very intimate like the experience i had is very intimate i would probably not share that but um i'm sorry i'm getting a little off track but that experience just like let me know like i literally felt that the whole like love thing the whole like presence of something that is absolutely 100% more than me. Just completely void of anything evil, anything. Dude, I'm talking the most purest fucking loving since I'm I'm getting like crazy chills right now. And, and if you perceive that as God and want to base your beliefs off of that experience, because DMT occurs naturally, 
Yeah, in, I know that. In the world. And yeah. you mix two plants together in a fucking brew, you drink some, and you connect with the goddamn forest, and that's a fucking real thing. And it's crazy, right? It's a natural occurring thing. If you believe in God, you believe in the nature. If you believe in nature, you believe in the experience. On a funny note, though, I am afraid of heights, which scares me about DMT because I've heard a lot of people no, talk about. No, dude. <laughs> Alan, I'm telling you right now, man. It just like it, you can never, ever, 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 ever think you understand like what it is. is yeah, yeah, it's so exactly. crazy because I, no matter how many trip reports I read, no matter how much studying I did on the substance and like literal chemical knowledge I have on these things, the, dude, it, I, you really can't like it. Uh, words are just fall so short, man. Like I feel like I'm pretty descriptive. I can be. And then in my trip report, I tried to be as descriptive as possible. It was the fucking literally 30 minutes after I went home and fucking... Yeah, like wrote it all out, but I think you might have showed this to me before. Actually, it was a long time ago. Yeah, it was like um, five years ago, probably. And um, ever since then, it's like, dude, I have. It's not that like I have no fear of death, but the it's thought just of dying you. is. Yeah. yeah, it's just again, it solidified the the belief that okay, this is not it. Like my my thing that is inside my brain that is like letting me move my arms and shit is is not does not die with this body. Yeah, and that's what I believe. I don't know what happens afterwards. I don't even know that what I experience is like an experience that I can believe in, but that is the most real thing that has ever coursed through my brain and body any fucking time in my life. And if that something hit me that hard and made me think like, oh my God, literally, because God is just an amalgam of the feeling, is a feeling and it's a love, it's everything, it's one, it's quote unquote. Sure. Right, okay? Yeah. So each religion, there is a, a god. There is a, a, an ultimate power. And that, I can, I can almost, like, understand how some of that shit starts. And there's a whole bunch of people who have theories that religion was based off of someone finding a shit ton of mushrooms and being starving and just ate a whole bunch of mushrooms and just, like, whoa. I don't doubt it. Yeah, I don't doubt it. Something, right? But um, it's the people who doubt it. It's just <clears throat> kind of like, huh? You don't believe that yeah. this is a possibility, but you believe in something that is absolutely mythical. Like, you yeah, I think it's really just creative storytelling. Yeah, and I don't. Um, I think you know. What, uh, there's like a book that's called uh, "Who Wrote the Bible," <laughs> and it's literally about the people who wrote the Bible, like okay. what they were doing in their daily life, where they came from, all that kind of stuff. And um, it's a really, really interesting book, and you should read it. I listened to it on uh, Audible, but um, it kind of helps you understand, like what those people were thinking also when they right. wrote all these all these different passages. And it helps you kind of identify with the fact that, or at least it helped me identify with it, um, that the Bible is just uh, like a... Um, the Bible is, is a group of stories that may or may not be realistic, right. but are based on some factual event that yeah, just have creative sure. storytelling sprinkled over the top for of sure. them. Like, do I believe in... Um, like the Garden of Eden. No, um, I don't believe in Adam and Eve. Realistically, I don't believe in a talking snake, all, a snake, all that kind of stuff. But I believe that you know there may have been an op- like a uh, sort of the hunter gatherer thing that was going oh, on for sure. around that time. I and, believe that. I even know. believe that there could be a Jesus type uh, character at sure, that time, right? And really doing a whole bunch of good that no one has ever seen. Exactly. I'm yeah. not, dude. And again, and people, someone of like a higher mental state, probably yeah. you know, those kinds of things. I just, I don't believe in the mythical aspect of the Bible. What I don't believe in the, is, is the fucking, is the factuality that everyone seems to carry. Yeah. And then, but when you 
when you push, 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 they go, well, it's faith. That's what faith is. Believing yeah. in something that's non-tangible. I'm like, I actually literally posted on Twitter the other day. Um, a, a guy from a Baptist church came to my apartment. Oh my fucking God. Yeah. And for some stupid reason, I decided I wanted to go outside and talk to him. And, um, when I got outside there, we, he like starts asking me like, if I believe in God and if I believe that I'm a sinner and all this kind of stuff. Right. And, and I, instantly knew where he was going with all of this. And I kind of just wanted to get out of the conversation. So I started agreeing with him and I was like, oh yeah, no, like I do believe I'm a sinner. I do believe in God. I go to church, like all this kind of stuff. I just tried to get him the fuck away from right. me. I somehow still ended up in a fucking argument with the guy. <laughs> and he legitimately walked away from the conversation and said, I'm not here to talk about you. I have other people I need to go try and save and walked away from me as I was literally like, yeah, dude, like, I, you, you know, like, cool. Like, this is <laughs> cool. Thanks for showing this to me. And he was like fucking yelling at me, dude. Yeah, man. I, I told him, I, I like, yeah, I believe I'm a sinner. And he's like, well, why do you believe you're a sinner? And like, just goes off on me. And like, I was smoking a cigarette and starts fucking calling me out for smoking a cigarette and all right. this kind of stuff. And I'm like, dude, chill the fuck out. Like you were like the perfect example of why I do not attend church anymore. Yeah. yeah. And I you feel know? like, yeah, dude, I feel like it's kind of a high thought, but I feel like the Bible is a group of guys that wrote it. Right. And right. it's just like, yo dude, this is a pretty good fucking book. Right. Yeah. Like, hell yeah. How do we get the word out? All right. Let's say that if they don't worship, <laughs> right. Some, you know, if they don't spread the word of God, yeah. then some bad shit can happen that you're not being a real motherfucker out here. Yeah. They're like, all right, dude, that's a perfect marketing scheme. And that's where marketing was born. They're right. telling people, hey, it's man. mongering. Yeah, I got right a cop- copy of the Bible, handwritten. You know, just make sure that if you don't spread the word of God, just read the book. And yeah. they're just passing it out. You know, like, what, dude, there's so many possibilities. Yeah, um, and it, but the, it's a frustrating just, thought to me to think that I will never know what really happened but you might yeah uh, yeah and that's the whole thing is nobody I, that's knows another dude i had a shit. fucking dream about this last night actually w- along with all these terrible terrible thoughts i also have like these incredible experiences within within my dreams lately okay and i think it's probably the amount of weed that i've i've been smoking but <laughs> Smoke i had i had a dream where time did not exist in my dream but i was experiencing time as if it was like this encompassing energy and um it was like this it, it was almost like this uh like worm. Okay. That was like completely, I was like floating in space or something Mm -hmm. like in this blackness, but there was like this like smudge. So, you know, like in windows, whenever it fucks up and you drag a window and it like looks like a thousand copies were made. So imagine that, but like this, it was like smoke almost. It was, it was um, hard to imagine. Yeah, It's so fucking hard, but I was experiencing every moment of time in this like line of smoke. Okay. I don't know. It was like a worm of smoke, but I was experiencing all of these individual <laughs> moments. But I could go back and I could visit any of those moments when I wanted to. Okay. I could like literally experience them, like, them um, all. I could select Interstellar? Che- <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, kind of, I guess. But it was just like this really interesting dream where for a second, it was almost like time didn't exist. And I could understand how time didn't exist. Hmm. Yeah, well, so, well, dude, you know time. Well, it doesn't. Yeah. It, okay. It's a sure. construct, man. It's a construct, but realistically, things still are born and they're dead. Right. They're born and and then they die. And to right. me, that's what time is. I don't. Well, think that's about how we measure. That's yeah, that's how, how we measure existence. Yeah. Sure. yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess realistically, time isn't what scares me. It's just existence that scares me. It's the fact that life has to die one day. Well, and that's the thing too. And time doesn't give. It's not like you have a for sure seventy fucking years, my yeah, dude. Like sure. time don't really mean shit. Time yeah. just makes the clocks go round and round and lets us know when it's time to go to work and shit. Like, but really, you can get snuffed out whenever. Yeah, I some know. people don't even. 
And it's crazy how like invincible we think we are, especially with like everything that's going on in the world right now. I mean, realistically, in the United States, we are not safe. Well, dude, you no know? one's no one's really safe. It's no, just sure, how much can we keep it together? Like, a, as an example, with everything going on with all the shootings, right? Right, like, man. We literally, if you really stop and think about it, there was, I think, 311 shootings this past year. Right. And... Yeah, this year so far. Yeah, and that's fucking insane. Like, right. that's... And I think, like, there, there's only been, what, 307 days so far? So there's been more shootings than days that we've had right. in the last year. So if you think about it, like, you can't even fucking walk to the gas, gas station without the possibility of you getting right. shot, without that the possibility of somebody walking into that gas station and opening fire. It's true. So it's like, I don't know, dude. I think, it, I think it's a, like just a mixture of everything that's going on in, in the real world, the fact that I'm getting older, and the fact that I'm also scared that I'm not going to accomplish my dreams, and it's just all piling up and right. just fucking burning like a hot fire. The only thing that you've listed that you have control over is, is obtaining your dream yeah, or sure. getting your goals. Like yeah. everything else is something that you really don't, I mean, you can, ha- you can just kick it in your house, man, and be a bubble boy and shit. But yeah. <clears throat> who's to say you're not the fucking home on the block that's going to get invaded. This, yeah. this, we don't, we don't live in a perfect world. You know, no matter what neighborhood you live in, there's some kind of dude running around, whatever, not being picky, you know? And so, yeah, those things do cross my mind a lot. Even when I drive, I get pretty paranoid because, like, the accident and stuff, and people look like they're going to cut me off. I'm like, fuck. I tense up, and I get pissed or something, right? But, you know, I, I really have to – you really just have to kind of train your mind to be okay with thinking about it. Been like, well, can't do anything about that. That, But it took me a long time to get that way, and it seems like you're just like – Letting that shit freak you out or maybe dwelling on it a little uh, longer than thing. you should. Yeah, I think that I'm dwelling on it a lot because it's getting to the point where I can't even sleep right because I just have fucking horrible <laughs> yeah. nightmares. About everything Dude, you have nothing legit, to do with. The other night or the other morning, um, it was like probably four in the morning, five in the morning because I work overnight. So I'm up super late. Uh, I smoked a lot of weed and Preach. like a, a lot of weed to the point where I just started getting way too deep in my thoughts. I was not cool with it. I convinced myself that I had that I was literally schizophrenic. I convinced myself that there was a possibility that I was schizophrenic and I was starting to experiencing, like starting to experience the starting phases of schizophrenia. You smoked yourself crazy? I smoked myself (laughs) crazy. And and like three days before that, I smoked so much, I legitimately woke up in a panic thinking that I had just died. You just have a weak mind, dude. I do, and it it sucks. (laughs) Like... I, I've like <laughs> built myself up to have like a strong mind, and then all right, first order of business, we get like, we got to get your third eye squeegee, dude. Yeah, <laughs> we got to squeegee that shit, bro. We got to squeegee it. We got eye drops for my third eye. Uh, yeah, bro, we got to get some fucking dry eyes. But uh, yeah, man, that conversation can go on for a long time, and we might yeah. even do another part. I mean, it's an hour and forty now. So we're, we're gonna split this up pretty much no matter what I think, but which is totally fine. But we can do this for me and you have t- me and you have talked in the backyard for fucking like, hours. Accumulative, yeah. probably a three year old child. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm just getting not that many. But uh, yeah, dude, this was fucking awesome having you over, man. We're gonna um, Thanks, we're gonna head dude. out to Moya right now and get some drinks. Hit up my boy, fucking Ethan Panetta, the fucking nap captain, dude. Four ninety nine, new nap captain, Cody Salceda. Shout the fuck out, dude. You guys. You guys are the shit, man. You guys don't got to do that, man. You guys got to do that, man. And shout out to all my fucking... I was going to think... I thought I was going to roll off my tongue. I was going to... For the ninety, for the uh, $1 a month. I thought it was going to come off my... Let's let's figure this out real quick. What? What are they going to be called, man? We got nap captains and dream lords. Like something lords. with like power napping is about, like a... Ooh, ooh, hold on. 
I say like a lot, dude. Oh, slumber. Slumber. Hmm. No. I don't know, man. Man's not hot with ideas right now. Dream Lord, Nap Captain. Those two are taken. Okay, so like... The Sleepy Squadron's anyone who listens. Yeah, but if you think about power napping, it's like a quick 30-minute nap, quick 45-minute nap. But power nappers doesn't sound cool. No, 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 I know. But okay, if you could, okay. But incorporate like power napping or like a like a quick nap. What do they call? What do you cat call? Cat nap. Cat nap, I guess. Like, cat nappers? No, that just sounds whack no, too. Yeah, so if you think... Fuck. Just think about how people take just siestas and shit. You know what I mean? Is it isn't? I'm, I'm I literally speak fluent Spanish and don't know if a siesta is a nap. Yes, yeah, siesta is nap. Okay. Yeah, you do speak fluent Spanish. Yeah, but I don't know what that word. My mom doesn't say that fucking word. Your mom don't nap, dog. She worked. Hell no. Fucking real OG. Yeah. Hold on, man. Let's let's just get thirty seconds on this. Thirty more seconds on this. Um. Okay, hold on. I have an idea. So if you look up just like synonyms for of, for sleep. Yeah. Hold on. Uh, for sleeping? No. Mm. Synonym of... Yeah, sleep. Okay. Synony- synonym. Sleeping synonyms. Slumber. Sleep. Um, unconscious conk. Conk is tight, dude. Crashed. <laughs> dozing. Asleep. Snoozing. Wait, the dozing? No. That's, that's gender. That's gender based. Go on. Dozing? Dozing daddies. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, napping, dreaming, inert, inactive. Uh, so let me try sleep or dormant. No, that comatose. No, uh, coma. You could comatose kings with two K's. (laughs) 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 The Cottonmouth Kings logo for the god damn it. (laughs) Unconscious, slumbering, a bed, dormant, inactive, latent. Yeah, no, it's gonna. Well, I'll come up with something, man. Yeah, I don't know. I think special. Hold on. It's gotta be. I think it's gotta be slumber something, dude. Hold on. Funny. Let's see. I'm a fucking professional Googler, dude. Slumber bums, dude. Uh, No, bums too. Bums kind of negative. Bums. Slumber bums. No, can't do that. I'm trying another word for power nap. There we go. Cat nap, a rest, a siesta, a snooze. Snooze works with something. I know it. Snooze. Uh, nap, doze, sleep. 40 winks? The 40 winks? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Dude, the 40 winks, that's sick. Um, Nouns. Fuck, man. This is too hard. Blanket drill, rack time. <laughs> <laughs> Some Z's. <laughs> 20 winks. Wink of sleep, crash, sack time. All right, I? dude, we're going, we're going too deep into this. <laughs> okay, we're fine. going too deep into this. Tell us where we can find uh, your music that you're going to be releasing in the next month or so, because I know I'm going to push that ass to at least release something. Uh, Let us know where we can find. And we couldn't, didn't touch too much on Red Table, but plug it too. I'm not going to plug Red, t- Red Table. I actually don't. Plug it. I don't do it anymore. Not right now. No, I, like, I'm never going to do it again, actually. All right. There's, and there's a, like I said, there's a long story. I'm not going to get into it, though. <laughs> Um, so my music, the, I'm like, I'll plug my melodic shit. It's going to be soundcloud.com slash a W W E N N. And that's probably going to change soon, but that's where it's at right now. Okay. Yep. And what about your other shit? Uh, my techno shit is at Plox tech. It's P L zero X T E C H Plox tech. Plox tech. Yeah. Plox was taken. So I have yeah. to do Plox tech. Um, I think that's the only two SoundClouds I have right okay. now. And your Twitch, just just in case. My Twitch is uh, twitch.tv slash A-W-E-N. Owen. Yeah. Owen. Oh, Owen. Oh, 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 oh. Yep, so those are, that's where I'm at, dude. 
And then I think like what at Alan Karstensen on no Alan XBC on Twitter. What what is my Twitter dude? Alan XBC on Twitter dude. My okay. Twitter Alan B C actually Alan A L L E N B the letter B and then C C E E. Fuck yeah. Yeah, Alan B C on Twitter. Fuck yeah, baby. Sick. That's dude. Alan Bradley Carstensen, in case you were wondering. A B C. It's fucking so gay. All right, man. It's been good. This has been another episode of the Hella Tired Podcast. Episode number 13 with my man, Alwyn. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed what you've listened to, feel free to share the love by favoriting the podcast on any of the streaming websites. I love you.